podcast, everybody. Episode 150. 150. 150. A perfectly acceptable live event where every Tuesday we get a whole bunch of comic books from UPS. Shout out Jana. We take all those comic books back to our comic shop and we count them, sort them, <laughs> love them upstairs. Uh, put them all in everyone's files. Then we take all those books back home, kind of engage in a romantic, borderline erotic sort of relationship with those books each week. And then on a Wednesday, uh, we all head back to the shop, engage in a Wednesday, which if you haven't been in the shop on a Wednesday, do it. And then we come upstairs to the Pap Cave... Uh, which I'm a little insecure about everyone knowing where it is now. Uh, they don't. Yeah, it's been here the whole time. It's been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. record a podcast, uh, either related to or unrelated to the books, uh, the shop, or the comings and goings of our lives. We already got intros. Jeff, I have a breaking notice that I'm supposed to read before we start here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of hard because they say I can't even say their name, but somebody says they're not affiliated with us. Or any oh, other podcast. Oh, this anywhere. was that Weems tip they were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I guess listen to the Start Eight Supplemental episode that we just recorded to find out exactly what. I don't know. This doesn't. This is about juice, though, right? Know, yeah, it's, 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 a juice juice yeah. it's a juice thing. It's a juice thing. Yeah. It's always yeah. a juice thing with you. I need a shield so nobody can tell I'm drinking apple juice. Do we still have the apple juice linked on our website? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not able to talk about it, but you should check not out affiliated. the website. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, hey, yeah. listen, before we get into the books, Hawks. go Hawks. Yeah, thanks for everyone <laughs> gathering so we can have this Seahawks podcast. Um, a couple other, couple other good bits. Um, so listen, I was trying to think of a way to open up this co- uh, conversation. I see you've got five copies of Ruby Falls there. That's very good. Yeah, I read um, <laughs> And as we were getting into it, I thought it would be a really fun goof up would be to uh, have Justin and I... Quiz, you two kind of veteran experts. Yeah, Is this an see. X-Men thing? No, it's not, but you are experts, and that's a moratorium on X-Puns. Dino, looking at you wherever you are. Um, so what I wanted to Excellent. do nice. was toss out, uh, dog, toss out a couple um, Batman quotes to you two hmm. boys and have you two tell us if it is a real thing that Batman said or a fake thing that we made up. Okay. So you want us to right. say you want us to say Batman things to you? No, 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 no. no, no. Although a lot of evenings, <laughs> that's where I end. Okay. Um, None of these are Frank Miller references, Django. Just to get that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it all boils down to we'll year see. one at the bottom. We'll see. Uh, um, but what I sort of realized in trying to gather Batman quotes is that he's fucking nuts. <laughs> like there has been insane shit. That Batman has actually said. So trying to catalog a series of insane things that Batman has said is uh, both too easy and impossible. Uh, Batman 66, that show, Adam West, oh, like, yeah. obviously wasn't around for it. <laughs> Roman, you're 36. You probably watched well, I was, that. Yeah, one. I watched okay. it when it was broadcast that live. That shit yeah. is insane. The doobies were good in the writer's room there. The doobies, <laughs> back in there, those boys were doobed up, boys and girls. Um, okay, so I'm going to toss out a quote. It's either... From Batman himself, or not Batman, anyone else? Like someone else in fiction, or you? Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is all of this, Django, but just an elaborate fiction? I think that's you. Oh, Batman, that was, well, Batman that was never Justin, said actually. my name. Okay. All right. So, real or fake quote? Let that be a lesson. In the future, be careful from whom you accept free lemonade. <laughs> I don't think Batman likes lemonade. I don't think he would no, say it's it. It's too sweet. 
Yeah, no. I, no. Not Batman. Not Batman? Not no. Batman. Adam fucking West. Oh. Adam but, fucking West. Was that Adam West as Batman? It was Adam West as Batman okay. in the same way that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Spoilers. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're... That, oh, that's right, we're going to spoil some stuff. Oh, yeah, there's going to be spoilers that aren't sponsored by any apple juice companies. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? Okay. Yeah. If you kill a killer, the number of killers in the room remains the same. Batman or not Batman. And it can't be from year one. <laughs> <laughs> no. That or sounds DK3. like the Punisher. All right, not Batman. Fucking Batman. God! Wait, that's the real Batman. Batman. From what? The, Bat, the man, the vengeance, the knight. Yeah, what is that? Um, right, there's probably a Wait, specific does, issue. Does Elseworlds <laughs> Batman count in these? Absolutely Elseworlds oh, Batman counts in I all of these. I was thinking real, real Batman. Lemonade Batman. Lemonade Batman, yeah, he's out there just spewing <laughs> shit. Um, okay, all right. Uh, it's Thursday night, and hell is hot, and I'm the devil's thumbs. That's total. That's Batman. That's yeah. That's, yeah, that's, Batman. that's an Elseworlds Batman. You, wait, wait, wait. You do the final answer. Final answer. Yes, that's Batman. Yeah, it's super not. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's a just. I mean, no, original. no, it's not Batman. No. You are my Batman expert. I was channeling Neil Adams' Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Neil Adams' Batman is, oh. let's be realistic, just fan fiction anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Um, okay. Give me right. one. All right. And you hear all those Neil Adams fans out there? <laughs> he's got he a new series. A, he draws a good Batman. He's got a new Batman series. Did you see the, the cover from the next one? I mean, Batman's all bare-chested, but he's got like a bat shaved in his chest hair. And well, he's no growing horns. No one drew Batman <laughs> chest hair like Neil Adams. Yeah. He yeah. must have been an exceptionally hairy man himself, yeah, yeah. like Roman yeah. self-portrait. It's, it's worth something. getting Neil Adams Batman just for that. It looks like someone took a bath, a blurred bath. A blurred bath? A blurred bath. <laughs> I like a blurred bath. <laughs> a blurred bat? I abstain. I can't. Oh, I didn't realize you were I the can't. coward tonight. Yeah, oh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say yes. That's Batman. The word was blurred. Blurred. Only Django says blurred. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. All right. All right. Robin, where'd you get a live fish, Batman? Batman. The true crime fighter always carries everything he needs in his utility belt, Bat Robin, boy. That, 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 that's Batman. That's Adam West, Batman. Really? Because Batman doesn't stutter. Oh! <laughs> yeah, but, but West tripped over a cord on the floor or something. <laughs> <laughs> now we don't need a second Final, final <laughs> answer? Uh, yes. Sure. I'm with Roman. And that was a yes? Yeah. Yeah, that was a Batman. Oh. You're good. That you was also... That was also an Adam West Batman. Yeah. So, like, there was a whole... The doobies, like he said, were very good. That <laughs> Batman 66? How did you guys put up with that as your Batman? Old. The doobies were good. Wait a that, minute. Because that's the only Batman that was available, you know, other than the comics. Yeah. Roman so grew up on that, and I grew up on Neil Adams' Batman. <laughs> so we're, yeah, big, big successes there. Somehow, I still love Batman. Yeah. All right, we've got one final one for oh, you boys. Oh. Oh, it must be a tough one. We can they're, they're we can choose the choice out, ones. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the Batman. They're choosing you, the you are the Batman ones. in that one. Tonight, three inmates simultaneously stuck their arms up. 
Sorry, guys. What? What was that, Batman? Yeah, what? Listen, man, we wrote this one together. It should be a... <laughs> Tonight, three Definitely inmates Batman. simultaneously stuck their arms up where the sun <laughs> never shines and pulled their guts into the light of day. You're telling me that's not Frank Miller? Yeah, that, that is a Batman quote. <laughs> is I don't from, know which yeah. issue it's from, but it's, right. it is. <laughs> that was pretty good. You guys were uh, two for six? I feel like I just went up against Cobra. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Cobra, you're the away team. I've got some Batman quote quizzes for you. Frank Miller haters. Oh. I mean, I've got respect for Frank Miller, but I mean, he does some crazy shit. He says some insane stuff. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about... Is this the part? Yeah, I feel like we could podcast right. now. Yeah, All right. uh, this week, we're going to talk about S- Strange Skies <laughs> over Berlin, number one. Uh, Doom Patrol, number four. Ruby Falls, number one. Uh, it's 80 right there. It's 80? Oh, yeah. Batman, number 80. Unless Adam West said it. He's getting old. Uh, Savage Avengers, number six. Which is two schlees. Oh, <laughs> double schlee. Uh, Daredevil, number 12. And House of X, also number schlee schlee. Well, yeah, six. six. Yeah. six. Man, bummer that bummer we're at the end of House of X. Plus probably some buckshots. Couple, couple buckshots. We're going to take some, some questions shots. from you all. So if you didn't turn in questions to Colette over there by the merch table, which mysteriously has coffee on it. Oh. <laughs> nice. We'll talk about the coffee now or later. Good segue, do both. Django. Why not both? Well, I'd want to... Yeah, let's do both. You're right. Do we, uh, do we have big, a script? We have a script. Yeah, it's underneath Strange Guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we rehearsed all this. We workshopped it. Yeah, we workshopped it. Yeah. Um, a huge thank you to Tony's Coffee, who has sponsored and produced a Comics Place coffee that we are unveiling here tonight. Tonight. We should have brought one up here. We should have brought one up. <laughs> Bear should have had one. Uh, the Mobius mm. Drip. Such a good name. Thanks, Justin. Such a good oh, logo. Yeah. <laughs> um, those are 12 bucks. Everyone should check those out. And they very are strong. very awesome. They were just brewed. Uh, special thanks to Tony's and Ryan Russell. Big, big ups on at that At least one. smell it. They smell? No, at least smell oh, it. Oh, at least smell it. Yeah. I've had, yeah, three yeah. cups in the, in the like, wow. 20 <laughs> hours since we've gotten them. So, like, just anxious anxiety there. Coffee. I've had 300 sniffs. 300 sniffs. All right, well, let's get into it, my good, good boys. Strange Skies Over East Berlin by Jeff Loveness, Lissandro Esteren, and Patricio Del Pesce. Good one. Thank you. Yeah, you names, just move buddy. through it quick, it comes out, and no one looks back. <laughs> Skate with me. Um, this was a pretty interesting... So this is a number one. It's by Boom Studios. Yep. Jeff Loveness has been doing books for a bit. I can't immediately associate a book with his name. I thought he was Dennis Hopeless. Names. Yeah. Oh, he does? Do you? Well, Jeff and Loveness. Oh, yeah. right. And Dennis right. Hopeless. Well, that's what I was going to say is, <laughs> do you think Dennis Hopeless has now changed his name because Jeff Loveness is sort of stepping on his toes? It's going to help me. Yeah, it's going to help me too. But I can't actually remember. Dennis Hallam. Yep. Nice. Yep. Um, Strange Skies Over Berlin. Uh, Boom Studios. This is a number one. Jay, you said more people asked us about this book in the last 24 hours. Yeah, I've been really surprised about it. Maybe it was that tag that I put on it that said that we guaranteed it. And if you didn't like it, you could bring it back. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe that's why. We... You made that cool sign and people yeah. took you up on it. Anyway, I, I support it. It's a good comic. It uh, basically follows a dude on one side of the Berlin Wall. Um, and, and some people trying to get on the other side. There's a mysterious event that happens where 
something happens in the sky, and uh, it seems like maybe aliens or something like that. And uh, he ends up going undercover to figure out what the other side of the wall has found. And uh, whatever it is, it's not good. Did you think you needed to have like some awareness of history to be getting into this book? Like that there was a wall between East and <laughs> yeah, West like, Berlin? Yeah, and like 73 was a time period and there were cultural things happening there. The history yeah. of aliens. The history, the ancient secrets. The, the, yeah. I think the first page that says all of that yeah, yeah, kind of sets helps. it up for you. I don't know if you yeah. noticed everyone, but there were no pictures on that page. <laughs> so I was just sort of, yeah, it's true, there's an upside down building, but. Uh, and a guy jumping. And a guy jumping, for sure. Um, so not having a huge, like, awareness for that time, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it did say Vietnam, and I was like, I watched the Ken Burns documentary. Dug yeah, that. you did. Yeah, sure did. You guys heard nothing but it for several weeks. You guys were just happy that something else had come on besides the OJ documentary I'd been watching. <laughs> it's, uh, which I'm, was also very good. I'm always thankful when you find a new documentary. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm still looking. So recommendations, anybody, documentary series? Not right now, but write those down and give them to Colette. I love them. No, what I really loved about this book was the art, but beyond the art, particularly the lighting in it, the coloring. <laughs> and uh, Django, actually, one of the first things I heard was you were like, not a huge fan of the art. And then I got into it and, you know, kind of once again lived on the other side of the coin from my main coin squeeze. The other side of the wall? The other side of the wall, if you will. Uh, Yeah, I... The art didn't detract for me, but it didn't really add. Uh, It's a little bit rough. I think the colorist is probably the star in the art. There are some some bits that look a little bit like uh, Riley Rossimo. Some of the eyes... Riley Rossmo did the variant cover on the Green Lantern issue that is on the stand back there. If anyone wants to check out Riley Rossmo art, that's very good. I, I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah, but that's a plug. I thought the yeah, I wasn't sure about the art, but I thought it it uh, it had a starkness to it because it's more stark than Riley Rossmo's stuff. Yeah, that kind of fits the tone of um, early '70s East West West Berlin. Yeah, and the colors are kind of watercolory. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, page two has like one of the prettier, I'm not sure if this is going to help anybody because our screen doesn't work, but page two <laughs> has one of the prettier like dark city shots that's lit from underneath it, which yeah. to me is a pretty unique way of lighting a shot. Uh, it's, it's dark for the northern half of that whole panel, and then you kind of see uh, backlit windows as it, it you know, kind of conveys that depth. I was really, like, that panel alone, I was like, all right, all right, I'm digging what you're putting down, bud. Reminds me of when we go skipping in the night together and yeah. pretending that we're spies. Which is exclusively after rainstorms mm-hmm. and making sure the power hasn't been out. Where's that wall? So where's, where's that yeah, wall? Exactly, looking for that wall that I keep hearing about. In East Bellingham. That, that East Bellingham wall. wall. And then, like, the shot of the, whatever it is, the, like, Aguiums. star. The event. The Williams. The event. Uh, flying through the sky, like another just like gorgeous shot of, I don't know, if you can accurately convey light within darkness, that's the thing that I really, really like. And I don't think that it's the the easiest thing to convey in art. You got some like European Kirby Crackle. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Let's, hey, uh, TM, European Kirby Crackle. Oh, yeah. That's the thing we got to start referring to. <laughs> when Watch Warren, for that one in future episodes. When Warren Ellis talks about his miscellaneous brain event, uh, this is what I imagine he saw. It's just this giant 
crazy ball of light when he had to stop doing comics for a while because his brain just did a thing. Warren Ellis had that happen? Yeah, that's what stopped injection. Injection? Or, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, he, he had just, not a stroke, but he... Yeah, they called it a miscellaneous brain, brain event, which is something that only happens to Warren Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> Every couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think my favorite uh, line in here was when the, the guy shows up as a spy and has to talk to this woman in charge, and she says, I asked for a whole truck of you perverts. Yeah, I did love just the, <laughs> the random usage of the word pervert yeah. was uh, a thing I was very into. Yeah, I mean, this, this issue in this series seems to kind of boil down to uh, ideas of, of truth and secrecy. So my understanding is that, and again, I don't know about the wall a ton, but it, it seems that we've got an undercover... Uh, the source wall? Yeah, the source wall. Yeah, yeah, beyond that. That's a DC shout-out. Um, like an undercover person who now has to be doing a thing, but it seems like exposure to this alien is forcing people to let out a truth. Like, the, the person who uh, has to discern whether they're lying or not in the last several pages of this book who's been exposed to this alien event, this Warren Ellis brain event... Um, his, he kind of disappears into some weird psychic tendrils. But it seems like the, the, the most of, of, of this is kind of a meditation on truth and secrecy. And we have mm -hmm. an undercover agent who now it seems like maybe their truth is going to be risen to the surface. Is, is his internal struggle? Is that what you got out of you it? You read way more into that than I did. Well, shit, man. I didn't you're probably right. You're usually right. <laughs> Justin, was that your hook? Yeah, yeah. It's the walls we put in ourselves, oh, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The East Berlin walls oh, yeah. we, we yeah. build yeah. around our hearts. <laughs> uh, Django, when I did see this, this nervous brain, spine energy thing coming out of his face, I That's wanted to know... That's when you knew. Yeah, I wanted to know. Do you have what was the sound effect you heard in your Ooh. head? Because I was like, I got one, but I bet you Django's got a way better, fartier, burpier one. Than I do. <laughs> it was more electronic. Oh, firm. Oh, okay. Oh. I yeah. got a. <laughs> wow, you know, we just traded sounds noise. in our heads. <laughs> when I read a comic, is almost every comic I hear. Guys, we're not actively talking about Ghostwriter in terms of like the, the number of minutes and official books, but there was a scene where a person went through a giant and came out its butt and tore it in half. It was <laughs> so good. And I was like, yeah, this is why Django dug this book, yeah. for sure. Also other things, but mostly that. Dust and butts, for yeah. sure. Um, Roman, as a history, uh, a scholarly man. Oh, great. Yeah, what, is, like, what was the wisdom that you pulled that you want to shower upon us? Well, you know about the, 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 the secrets, the lies we tell ourselves uh -huh. Uh -huh. in check, trying check. to uh, make it through the day and, and present ourselves to the world. It's this face that's all a lie. Yeah. And, and, um, Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and the tendrils that come more. out and revealing the truth. Barry knows. Barry yeah. knows full well. Yeah, actually, I was curious... Because I don't know enough about the uh, the wall. That first that first scene. You don't know it's about the, the wall either. No, no. It's the wall we put in ourselves. There was oh, a, right, right. It's a metaphor. There was a yeah. There was a wall in Berlin. A metaphorical one. <laughs> Are you goofing on me? I'm goofing on you. If, yeah. But yeah, that that panel that to go back to that one you brought on on page two. I didn't know this that apparently one side of the wall. I don't know if it was east or west. It's all dark. It's got the guard tower with the light, and that's all there is. There's just darkness on that side. I was like, wow, that is even more oppressive than I realized. I would say, um, kind of wrapping it up, that this book, I think, was beautifully executed. Mm -hmm. And it did rely a little bit on, I, I think that I would have appreciated the nuance of 
you know, we're joking about me not knowing about the wall, which is true. But I think that this did rely pretty heavily on an awareness of both sides of the wall and the amount of like sleeper cells that were going on in Betrayal, which I don't know a ton about. And I do like that they have presented that in a way that is easily accessible and kind of wrapped in a, like an alien, you know, trapping. So it, it makes it less politically uh, a, a sleeper and more, you know, like it, it's just a social thing. We all have a secret we're hiding and it's scary to have a possible thing that's raining down from the sky that's going to cause us to divulge it. I don't, I don't think that's a complaint, but I do think that I would have appreciated, like my history knowledge small box <laughs> had it been bigger would have made for good or read um, but uh, so what do you give it? I would give it an 8 I think it's like really pretty and even without fully appreciating kind of the, the social nuance of what was going on here uh, they were able to move in broad strokes with the art and the lighting and the character representation to kind of get a good guy bad guy vibe yeah um, yeah, I liked it. I liked that line about Purvitz. That Purvitz, that was real good. Purvitz. Purvitz. <laughs> Edgar Purvitz. How many Purvitz do you give it? Eight Purvitz. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Purvitz for you? Uh, well, yeah, I think Boom shoots high and sometimes really nails it. And uh, that was mixed. mixed. But accurate. Yeah. God, you're eloquent. I'd give it an eight. <laughs> nice. Rome doggy. The end. Oh, the end? Okay. Yeah, yeah. you giving it to uh, Joe? Uh, I'm going to... I think I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. I would have liked a little bit more... He didn't like that they used the word perverts. <laughs> I, I was personally offended. <laughs> you know... Classic Roman. <laughs> Not representing my people, my, yeah, my perverts yeah. enough. Jeez. But yeah, I, I would appreciate a little more historical background. Do you see that glint in his eye, though? What? He's got a gooey duck for us. Yeah. He's got it's one in there for somewhere. us tonight. There's a, there's there, a gooey duck. There'll be a gooey duck. Rattling around. I can, yeah, 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 I can yeah, feel yeah. that. This book made me feel real sophisticated with the lighting and the nice coats everyone's wearing. Oh, lots of coats. <laughs> nice I, coats. I need to be drinking single shots of espresso and smoking <laughs> cigarettes while reading this book. That's uh, France. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, I would know, Django. Cassad. <laughs> uh, I give it eight and a half poivoids. Eight and a half miscellaneous brain events. Highest, and a half. highest pervets from him tonight. Right. I like a good alien yarn. I, I like a, a good, like a boiling wall story. A boiling wall. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Jing, you want to whip us out one of those questions oh, here? Let's yeah, get we right have into some questions those. here. Uh, well, do we want to choose one randomly? I, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The top one says softball. Ooh. And I, don't I think know the other side says hardball. Oh. All right, I'm into Where's that. Where's the knuckleball? Which, all right. I'm just going to reach into the middle. All right, you reach into the middle. Very good. So these are. Uh, Listener submitted questions. Just so when everyone listens to this, because I know you'll the all listen to this, experience it again. I'll, I'll cut these moments of me choosing a question out. All right. Ooh, good handwriting. What should we tell our friends who won't come into the store with us because their file got out of hand? Good. That's a good question. one. Question. Um, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to remember that Django is now one of the owners of the store, and the very and he chops off your hands. Yeah, and you yeah, know, but the first several months I had ever heard the name Django Bourne, which clearly stands out. Um, he was just a name on a file in a drawer that was half of a drawer long, and it now was big. And the comics were. Crossed, Mostly crossed. Which is, like, <laughs> super fucked up. So, like, it was a pretty clear assumption, like, is anyone going to come in and buy, like, $98 worth of cross? Like, who wants that much just fucked up? Imagine the guy who buys 98 issues yeah. of cross. What kind of guy is that? It's this guy. That's my guy. Um, 
So yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. I would used to wander around the store when just Roman worked. I was like, fuck, my file's too big. And I would put random books like back on the stand because we didn't have an inventory <laughs> system back then. So who would know, right? Yeah. And they thought there was nine, but now there's seven. I, uh, I, I did the thing when I was a student at Western that I had to wait until my financial aid came in and I paid for my textbooks. Then I would come in and clear out my file. And yeah, a good bit months. All right, enough tips for these people. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, don't, for don't sure, do that. helps us to buy your file, for sure. But we've all fallen behind on files, Not and me. like, the best thing you can do is just call us and be like, "It's out of hand. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, let's cut this." And we're yeah. gonna be like. Thank you very much for telling us now and not six months from now. Well, and if it's been three months, we've already probably cut it for you, and we'll help you find the yeah. other issues that we put back on the shelf. Or he puts like, it in the Justin box, and I have to file it away. Yeah. That's, oh, it's my not God. A, it's not a, a you thing, buddy. Um, yeah, we really, really like everyone that comes into that shop. So if you've got a big file, we've been there. Absolute yeah, forgiveness. We've Come all in, been there. We understand it's embarrassing. You know, that's okay. Yeah, fortunately, people that run it's the okay store to are all total fuck-ups in that same regard. So there's forgiveness. Also, <laughs> yeah. try and stay ahead of your files, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it helps us. Helps us, but we love everybody. Uh, we have uh, Ashton is not able to be here tonight because he's sadly <laughs> too young. Uh, he was technically too young to start working at the shop, but we did the paperwork and got it done. We, we got it. Yeah, we tricked him into there. Yeah. He tricked us into tricking him into there. If you hang out Damn in a spot him. long enough, they'll give you a job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had him record uh, a review of a comic, and uh, we, we're just going to sit here and listen. We're going to listen to it. I'll intro that comic, though. It's Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds, number four, by Gerard Way, Jeremy Lambert, and Nick Patera, Tamara Bonvillon. Post-chicken. Right? Post-chicken. Ashton, what do you got? Tell us about Doom Patrol. Okay. Um, <clears throat> no? Sure. All right. This week, a, a special issue at Doom Patrol came out. This is a second volume by Gerard Way. Weight of the Worlds is the subtitle. And um, I read all of the first Gerard Way Doom Patrol um, and quite enjoyed it. It's one of the things that was getting me most excited about comics outside of the uh, superhero stuff that I was pretty shy of. And this is certainly a superhero book, but um, it departs in its formula to be a little bit more uh, unique. Um, this issue has a special artist, uh, Nick Patera, who um, is bonkers in his detail and his exaggeration. He um, has always been one of my favorites, and uh, I haven't seen his uh, work showing up in anything recently because he's been busy with uh, one of them little babies that leech the time. But this page, uh, for example, is a representation of uh, how insane and visceral his art can be and always is. There's a really great... Uh, page where uh, Flex Mentalo is standing in the sand of a beach and there's a, a the spandex um, uh, shoots right towards his crotch and hits him and uh, uh, Patara did a really good job of illustrating the um, impact and discomfort of uh, alien thing shooting right at you. Um, 
The entire issue is uh, capitalizes on that detail and expression. Um, <laughs> there's characters uh, throughout the book that you'll you'll read them through other artists, and you get the same type of vibe through the writing. Um, but uh, Nick has managed to uh, bring that to life with still images as well, and uh, that's something I can really appreciate. And it uh, made it feel like reading the initial uh, Doom Patrol reboot. I'd give Doom Patrol Way to the Worlds issue number four a 10 out of 10 because it uh, is the first issue that's managed to bring me back to what I like so much about the uh, initial series. And uh, I'm excited to see if they'll continue to go down that road. Awesome. Thanks, Ashton. Wish you could be here. Have a good one, everybody. You little heartthrob, you. Yeah, geez, our first gooey duck. Yeah. <laughs> first gooey duck of the night. I don't think you can call it a gooey duck if Ashton says it. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. we got to edit out later, unfortunately. Our, Ashton's our, our, our first, first big duck. score. Um, gosh, oh, can God, you imagine bro, being so 16 and having to talk about that? I just sat him down and made him do it, and I videotaped him while he did yeah, it, too. Yeah, it was supposed <laughs> to be a video. He's so, he's so sharp. Everyone should go check out uh, Ashton. Say hello to him, I mean, at the shop. He's uh, <laughs> just the sweetest, well-dressed boy. Oh, no. um, dude, I haven't heard that yet, his little review of that. That yes. is super on point, though. Yeah. Nick Patera is an artist that we yeah. super, super love. He was actually on the podcast like a year and a half ago. Uh, when Django went away and had Nick Patera do a very sweet commission for me, uh, picture Grant Morrison, who's has to also butter his head. That, yeah, like, he's yeah. got to be the only comic guy buttering his... I've seen him on the Facebook group. Yeah, he, I mean, I've heard that he's on the Facebook group. Sheening. Sheening <laughs> is what we call it. Um, yeah, I, this was my f favorite issue, this run of, of Doomsday Clock as well. Or Doomsday Clock. Uh, <laughs> Doom Patrol. You don't get enough Doom Patrol. If or Doom, only. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice to have another one of those. Uh, Nick Patera, because of all that, is a guy I super love. I first met him doing Manhattan Projects with Jonathan Hickman. Yep. Love that. Mm. This book is an absolute slice of absurdity. It's like a, a definitively Justin book. How but it's got feel? the veins of a Django it's got all, book. But it's got the veins and, and gas, <laughs> gaseous volume of a Django book. Wow. I really like this issue, too. Somehow Nick Patera managed to be more disgusting than he normally is. Uh, there's... There's lots of muscles. There's lots of gross veins. There's this like <laughs> play on venom that's really cool. I like that a venom lot. Venom is the pants. Yeah, I loved like it. Symbiote shorts. Yeah, and he's really <laughs> disgusting. I sat there and looked at his ripped alien abs for probably too long. I mean, like you assess your own comfort level, right? Like <laughs> I stared at those shots a long time myself. You know, flex. <laughs> I mean, they were nice shorts is all. It's a, did you say shots or shorts? Did you notice that in this panel right here, it's a total homage to Marvel Secret Heroes, Superhero Secret War number eight, oh, where Spider-Man totally gets the symbiote? Is. Like, it's yeah. down to the exact same, like, pose. But it's, it's like, butt-to-butt -butt transfer instead of... The, I love this issue. Gooey butt. <laughs> yeah, it's a gooey butt. Gooey butt, butt. butt. Yeah, how do we make this sound sophisticated in any way? There was farts and gas and shorts made out of symbiotes. We don't need to make it sound sophisticated. And Rita Farr, was, they had basically it all boiled down to like a flexing competition. And Rita Farr, <laughs> who has the ability to like 
what's Rita Farr's horrible power? She's just gross. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> she like, she like gross bulged out to like a cosmic level and won the flex off. Now she's muscle gross. Now she's muscle gross. And I love the fact that she flexes so much and gets so big and bulk, bulky for some reason. She, I don't know if she leaps in the air or if she just kind of floats up in the air. <laughs> And there's some prophecy that, like, if you win it, you will become closest to the sun. Yeah. And she okay. floats up there. Uh, little, little history. Justin and Jeff became friends around Flex Mentallo, which was a... This is a character from Doom Patrol that Grant Morrison had created. He created him, right? Oh, yeah. And then he did a four-issue miniseries called Flex Mentallo, which is just sort of head up your own ass, like, as, as you can get. It's, you know, one of my... Possibly favorite four issue things of all time, um, and Justin and I were both just sort of in, on an island, our alone of pretense. And then we found each other. And we're like, "Well, you like that?" You and uh, to this day, we still want to get a matching tattoo of uh, Flex Mentality Flex in his butt off. Yeah, I remember coming into the shop like right before close and just kind of doing a thing where I'm like running around looking for stuff and making a big mess. And I <laughs> told Jeff I really like metaphors. He's like, "What are you all about?" I was like, "Metaphors." And Jeff was like. I got a hardcover for you. It was Flex Metallo. And yeah, it's one of my all-time favorite books. Uh, thank you for being patient to the guy that's like, oh, metaphors. That's like the most pretentious thing to say. That's my... Patience. It's all about patience at a shop, man. Everyone's, everyone's in love with something that sounds weird when you say it out loud. You know what's like interesting flexing. about... <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, my God. That's super true, actually. <laughs> Keep it buried inside. You know what's interesting about this issue is that there, there are a lot of things in here that should have sound effects, but the art kind of does the sound effects for it. Like, it doesn't spell it out or anything, but there are no sound effects except when somebody does something super rad and then it says, hero of the beach behind them, or hero, hero of the void. I, I, I just thought that was like, cool, man. Oh, it's real <laughs> cool. Because we all know a sound effect, but a sound effect that is just dumb words. Very yeah. good. Even when the symbiote hits him in the nuts, like Ashton was talking about, there's no sound effect. It just happens. Do you have a sound effect for that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. That was great. That was it. Um, <laughs> it's splorch. 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 I really liked the insanity of this book. That's what I've liked mm -hmm. about Doom Patrol. Sometimes it's more grounded than other times, a la. Sometimes I can make sense of it at all. <laughs> and this one I was able to make any sense out of. Yeah. I liked that a lot. I'm not going to gooey duck it, but like, I'll give it, I would go 8.5. You know, like it's a really good comic, but this is a good instance of when art alone can sell a book. Yeah. I'm a big Nick Patera head. I haven't, I haven't read a lot of this Doom Patrol. Uh, I, I, I read a, a spot, like I checked in on it and didn't, didn't love most of the issues. I liked them okay, but uh, this one, I don't often yeah, you find do, the Django? creator What'd you do? on <laughs> yeah. Facebook huh? at three in the morning after I finish a comic and tell them that I, I loved it. And I, I did it with this and I did it with Harley Quinn Breaking Glass. Wow. It's like, I'm glad to see you coming out of your shell. I, yeah. And rewarding people for making good things. It, just a little positive affirmation around the shop would be good. We all work real hard. It took me like, it took me like 42 years to do this to artists. What are you? Uh... I'll start a Facebook account if that means at three o'clock in the morning you might compliment me. Deal. Deal. Uh, I give this a ten. Oh! Boom! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's just a regular duck, though. Justin. Wow. What do you got? 
I'm afraid of his death. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it just a standard eight. It was real good. You know, the Ocho. The whole, yeah, it, it, it was real good. I like that he wrote the book for Pateri. He's just like, get swole, bro. Just like flex and make Whoa. disgusting... Django. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. It's all right. I want to hear what was disgusting. <laughs> just, all of the art. <laughs> it's just like a big muscle opera, and I like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's Nick Matera covering Frank Quitely, right? Because yeah. Frank mm. Quitely did the... It's, and Jeff Darrow. And Jeff Darrow. Did it's Jeff Nick Matera's Frank no, Quitely. He's Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden. You and your Nick... Roman, what's your score? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a nine. Okay. Nine. Yeah. Responsible. Yeah, yeah. Responsible. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. I love the stuff with the robot man. You know, that's kind of overshadowed by, by uh, Flex, but I love Roman Men's, like, he seems to be addicted to upgrading himself by doing good deeds, and every yeah. time he, he's got a big stupid grin on his face, the whole issue. I've been following the whole series, and I, I did not pick up. I was like, why is Cliff? Yeah, yeah. His, yeah, his new body, he was told that every time he does something good, good, good deed, he gets, like, an automatic upgrade that he doesn't know what it's going to be or anything, and it's just like, and all of a sudden he's got, like, a... I didn't really like get a it. canon or something. Comic experts talking about <laughs> comics. Um, okay, we're gonna move on to the. Oh, another question before we get our awesome oh. guest uh, guest stalwart up here. Did Rome give it a number? Uh, nine. Nine. Yeah, he did. Nine. He was responsible. Okay. I said you that. got that, Phil. Listen, Jay. Phil. Phil. Seven point five. I don't like muscles. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Roman, you want to pick a pick a question? Uh-huh. Very good. Don't look at the question. It'll turn you to Indiana Wait, Jones reference. You, you have to read it. Okay. You touched it. What is your top recommendation series for someone wanting to read a, tra- a traditional superhero series? Hmm. Batman. Mm. Roman Go. Uh, traditional superhero series. Action comics. Which one? Oh, God. Um, that's the series. Oh, God. Yeah, that's the series. <laughs> so I guess yeah. I'm thinking like four-issue mini or like ongoing series. No, let's, probably- let's uh, probably, uh, well, I was going to say ongoing, but maybe Superman for all seasons. That's a good introduction to oh. Superman. Okay. Django? Uh, like, traditional superhero? Traditional superhero series. I would say um, probably uh, like Batman Nightfall. Oh. I think that's, that hits. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. I just took yours, didn't you I? You didn't take no. his. Okay, I'm going to take his. All right. What? Sorry, bud. No. Well, Okay. I'll go. I'll go. Not the one that no, I was no, going to no, do. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Why don't you go last? I, no, 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 no. I got a, I got a I'll go last. Okay. <laughs> what you got, knuckleball? Speaking of very traditional superhero stories, your run-of-the-mill Immortal Hulk. What? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you met my friend Freud. <laughs> no. Uh, Batman Long Halloween. That was the one. No. I was my second backup because of not the one that I thought you were gonna do. Gotcha. Good. I love you. Yeah, love you too. You know, there's nothing crazy that goes on, but it's just good yarn. Batman's young, doing his cool thing. I I read it in high school and felt like it gives everyone a snapshot of Batman doing all like he's he's a detective. He punches good. He's got a lot he, of villains. Yeah, he's got it's a lot. Set of Set during year one. Yeah. Meh. I don't know year one. Um, Is it? Uh, so I was gonna do Long Halloween instead of this one. But I'm just bound, spiritually bound to you. So I'm going to do All-Star Superman, oh. which is, I think, one of the best things of all time. I think that it's just a little outside of traditional. Like, yeah. it's a little meta, um, but I think that you but can it never... it feel good. It make you feel good. Yeah. Okay, I, can we do a speed round? Okay. Okay, ready? We're going we're gonna to go in the same what? order. He's going to do Batman Year One. No DC. Okay. Roman, no DC? No DC, go. Um, Captain America. X-Men. 
Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. Spider-Man Blue. Fucking good one again. <laughs> we should get a drink sometime. Tim Sale. Huh? Tim Sale. I oh, never big, about that guy. I didn't realize he was such a, uh, a Sale fan. Okay, listen. Oh, it's um, going to get tricky, isn't it? It is. It's going to get a little tricky here. Colette, can I get you up to the stage? And Justin, I'm going to get you out of here for now. The amazing Colette. Oh, you got some apple juice, too. Murphy's. Yeah, here's the problem with waiting while you guys talk about stuff, is I've just been waiting and drinking this whole yeah. time. Oh, <laughs> so we're just, we're feeling vibed up about it. Oh, we're feeling yeah. very, oh, yeah. very good. I have a handful of new questions oh. to add to the pile. Oh, wow. Also, oh. this one that's folded, I think it's like a really good one that maybe should just happen. Maybe we'll do that one for after this book. Um, Colette, uh -huh. we wanted to get everybody up here at least a little bit. I want to talk about Ruby Falls, number one, Dark Horse, Burger Books, Anne Nascenti, Flavia Biondi, and Lee Luridge, who we know and love from. Uh, from Fables. And Deadly Class was what I was going oh, to yes. say, but, <laughs> oh, but Fables as well. But I, we have this common Deadly Class ground. We do. We do. We do. Gosh. Yeah, one of the, if you haven't read Deadly Class, check that out, Image, Rick Remender. Yep. Um, but that was one of, an early bonding between Jeff and Colette. Jeff recommended it to me when I was still a customer. You sweetie. Um, You're still a customer, train. too. Yeah. Well, We're yeah. all still We're all customers. for it. Yeah. 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 I remember, I'll never forget the day, though, that Jeff took me over to the image trades shelf and just started pulling stuff off, and I bought... All of it? I think I put back one and came back for it the next week, oh. kind of, and there's still, it was Deadly Class, Southern Bastards, Sex Criminals... Woo! And, oh, I should remember. I know Wicked and Vine was the one that I came back Black for. Black Science or Invisible Republic or something. No, Django told, I was looking at Invisible Republic number one, and Django walked by when he was first working at the shop and was like, that was a cool book. And I was like, that guy intimidates me. I have to buy it now. <laughs> He's fucking scary, though, right? Yeah. Super Look scary. at that smile. That's, and then that's you meet him and you find out technique. that he's the biggest fucking putz you've ever met yeah. in your life. <laughs> but uh, the most endearing putz I've ever met. Yeah. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that we've been working through for several years now. <laughs> um, All right. Now I know how to feel. This is what Jeff a human being feels like, Jamie. <laughs> so, so we had Ruby Falls, which is the first burger book in a minute. They they took like a little dip in frequency after that first wave, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. I guess we had a second She Could Fly volume that was a burger book. I think there was one new one recently, but I can't remember what it was because yeah. it's probably the one that I haven't read. Um. I liked the uh, I, I, I liked the first she could fly. I've liked almost everything that the Burger Books has done, um, except for the second she could fly, and I lost track of uh, seeds because it stopped coming out. Yeah, but apparently it came out. Did it? it we just did? got shorted all. I read I the know. end of this write-up, and she talks about it like it's been like written. It's, like it's but I don't think that it's been okay. finished. Or it's still David Aja still. Anyway, has it. That, huh, sorry the everybody. There. <laughs> sorry about Django. So, Claude, what'd you think about Ruby Falls? Uh, yeah, yeah I read this. Um. <laughs> I too read it. She liked the guy with the meat. Yeah, guy with meat. Oh yeah. There was a good uh, meat no, gimmick in different, here. different meat. Uh, <laughs> You guys, this is not one of my usual books that I talk about on the podcast. There are not a lot of penises, and there's not a lot of blood. Um, <laughs> if you thought Django was the uh, blood and penis guy, Colette's the blood and penis guy. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm one of the shop boys. Jeff and I, when I first started working here, agreed that there was finally a full woman working in the shop, but you had to 
mix and match a lot of components from each of us to make an actual female Admit at the that store. We, yeah, also had a, a fully functioning male as well, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I got yeah, 20% yeah. of that real estate. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're a big, burly buddy. Um. Um, but there's still plenty of blood in this book, so it's... Uh, girl in a small town has grown up there not quite sure why she's sticking around her and her girlfriend are talking about it in the beginning and then you start meeting her family her dad runs a butcher shop long-standing shop in town and then she goes to visit her grandma at the old folks home that she's at where she's there because she has dementia and uh, grandma is uh, minus dementia who I want to be when I get old because she's a fucking badass and Cle just starts like calling out everything wrong with her granddaughter in the nicest way possible. I love that and this is like the third book in the last like, I don't know, 25 episodes of the podcast where you've latched on to like an older woman. Like once in future, you're like, that's the grandma I want to be. And I'm super into like I don't think you know how much of an old lady I've been since I was a kid and I just know that I'm there at a some blood point covered soon, old and woman I just in a need jacket. to be a badass when I'm old. <laughs> uh, also, the amount of times in the store I hear things like, oh yeah, I loved that when I was a kid, and I'm like, fuck, I was out of high school, or I was <laughs> like almost 30 when that came out, or whatever. Speaking of I'm which, I got, I think for the first time ever in the shop today, I got age-shamed. Yeah. Someone yeah, bought awesome. uh, the, like, the Gendy Tartarovsky Luke Cage poster. The guy oh, who okay. did uh, Dexter's yeah. Laboratory, Samurai Jack. I thought you were manga. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and I was like, oh man, this is awesome. That's the art by the person who did, like, Samurai Jack and, and like, you know, those uh, Dexter's Lab. And the person, like, looked at me with Glenn, he's like, I'm too young to get that. Like, just, like, right there. And I was like, oh, shit, it happened. Like, yeah. it's very... We're like, oh, man. It was, it was very good. Yeah, and the amount of times that I referenced something from when I was, you know, oh, 20 or whatever <laughs> in high school, and Jeff's like, yeah, I was in elementary school, and then it came out, or, oh, I was too young to have my mom let me watch that. I'm a little boy. I'm a little boy. So not only is this comic about this young lady and oh, her yeah. grandma... So but it's also about the grandma when she was the age of the yeah, girl, right? Yeah, uh, even younger. So grandma starts talking, and she gets going on talking about everything that's wrong, and then she starts just going into this story of when she was a kid at the bar that her parents owned and was hanging out, and this woman came in who wasn't supposed to be there, and she, they just, you know, she had it coming that they killed her because women weren't allowed in the bar and all this stuff, and it turns out it's this unsolved crime but Grandma's super into murder mysteries and books, so we don't know, and everybody's like, oh, no, it's nothing. And uh, the main girl's mom actually owns the bar now, and, uh, and so we don't know if it's a fake murder, but obviously it's a real murder. It's really cool. I loved uh, how, like implied but not overtly stated the relationships were. Mm -hmm. Like the way the grandma, as an older person, is talking with that memory and alludes to the butcher, which we know from the first couple pages, the butcher has had this business forever and he's passed on to his sons and our female protagonist is the daughter of the butcher. So there's this like kind of uh, circles overlapping of relationships without actually having anything overtly stated. Yeah, and the like, her mom owns the bar that's directly next door to the butcher shop, but her parents don't talk anymore, even though they're right next door and they and have they a dog. And they share a laundry line. They share a laundry line, and there's a dog tied up at the mailbox, and it's like they're both talking to their kid about the, the dog. And it was... Everything about this book could have been so heavy-handed, and it was all just 
just enough information to make it interesting and compelling and not trope. Yeah. And I, like I the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just the lead girl whose name I should remember, but I don't. Ruby. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like, she's not overly eager or overly angsty or they, she's not pushed to make a statement of a character. She just kind of is. And she's interesting because of it. It makes her much more compelling because she's not a forced concept of a young girl. I totally agree. It was never like, I'm, you know, here's me and I'm this. Everything mm -hmm. is an implication. There yeah. were a, a bunch of parts in this that felt like I was watching a Michelle Gondry movie, like where things that shouldn't really be happening are happening. Like the while the grandma is telling the story, her rose wallpaper turns into like rose thorn wallpaper. Um, and at some point after uh, after she remembers the murder, and there's like money and, and stuff floating in the air after the murder, she's in back in the present and there's still money and the murder weapon and a necklace floating around in the air around her. I didn't notice that, but um, and there are also a couple points where like the the same outfit that the murdered woman was wearing is hanging on the clothesline that her parents share. So hmm. you're a murder mystery guy. Uh, I, like I just don't really get them when they do it. <laughs> see, see, and I think that the mother. Um, Lana, Lana is the main character. Thank um, you, Lana. Ruby yeah. Lana. Um, We're gonna win her. her mother that owns the bar. I think her mother knows that her mother, the grandmother, saw this murder. Oh yeah, I think she yeah. was involved. Yeah, it's. I I think it's a really good murder mystery wrapped in a like a like a slow town kind of character study. There's a great Twin Peaks shout out in it, in yeah. the middle of it. There's like a bag of coffee and it's something about the Black Lodge coffee. Mm -hmm. And I loved that several pages into this because it really does establish that this town is kind of a character and has a history and that's more than anything what you're getting to know. So if you do dig a story that's kind of rooted in implication and you're solving it, I think this is really good for that. If you're someone like me who spends a lot of time worrying you're gonna get dementia, it made the second <laughs> half of it super fucking stressful. Yeah, I think it was, I, I really loved that there was, it's about the town and the weirdness of the town, but it's also about the family and the weirdness and, and the issues of the family. And it's also about this girl and her, her girlfriend and, and whether, and her place in life and should she leave or should she go. And it was a nice balance when so often a book like this is, is very heavy to one or the other, or if it's not, it's disjointed, but this really melded all that really I nicely. Totally agree. Um, so what do you give it? Yeah, what do you like what do you give it? How many pervits do you give it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go I think I'd give it an 8. I it, this is a really solid new book. I'm I'm very excited for it. Not that I like a murder mystery book. That's not <laughs> my taste at all, but yeah, I it's a good book. Uh, I'd go seven. I did really like it. The dementia stuff was a little stressful for me, so I didn't super get, uh, you know, I, the work, work reward thing there. I was enjoying it, but it, it did give me some anxiety. I give it an eight and a half. I hope we read something I didn't like so I can give a low score. Oh, yeah, today. I've got that. Okay, you got it. Yeah, I'll give it an eight and a half also. There's stuff, just flipping through it now, I'm noticing that I didn't notice the first read through. It's, it's really good. It's very layered. Really well crafted. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There's definitely stuff you don't like because we know we got a House of X conversation coming up, and this fucking guy over here hates Hickman. If you want someone to not like something, I could talk about that new Batman. Hey, Cole, do you want me to grab the one that's been? 
Did you particularly want to answer? I just, or we just, I, go just I just mixed them all up. You're I, I, I just mixed them all up no. completely. <laughs> you should uh, pick a random one there. <laughs> I'm not reading it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a random one. Yeah. <clears throat> oh no! Did she write it? <laughs> no. Uh, what character would you most like to see join the MCU, and why? Batman. <laughs> <laughs> really? Batman? No, Batman. not really. I'm gonna that take, was just for the laugh. Well, I'm going to take the Django one, then the Shadow. Oh. oh. Ah. oh. Does it have to be a Marvel character? I mean, probably, right? Let's work within the confines right. of Muhammad what is Ali. realistic. DC. That's DC, That's Roman. DC, dude. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, uh, Colette, what about you? Where are you at? Uh, I actually really wanted to see Jane Foster Thor, and we get to. She's yeah. one of my absolute favorite characters in Hell a long yeah. time. I'm Hell yeah. really fucking excited. Uh, I would love to see Galactus, and not not Galactus like, you know, Fantastic Four number two from whenever, when I was a young boy. The Warren Ellis one? Did he do a thing in that? That, that was stolen from his From Ultimate the Ultimates, Fantastic when it was Four, actually yeah. a swarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I want, like... Big helmet, purple and pink outfit, shorts, big, I want, I want that so, so bad. I want the leader. Yeah. Because of what that would imply. And that we got head. a good Fantastic Four. Wait. Doesn't he I... have a big helmet? Mm -hmm. I fucked up. Oh, man, it's like a Transformers reference. <laughs> <laughs> you want Shockwave. Uh, who is evil Reed Richards with the crazy The helmet? maker. The maker. The maker? The maker? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The I maker. like the leader better. He should change his name. But the leader is a villain already. I want the maker. Yeah. Because I want to see the Fantastic Four and then what happens to make the maker and then have him in the Marvel Universe. Hmm. Romy? Oh, I get to go for, again for real? Um, actually, the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Because in the 90s, there was a Silver Surfer Superman crossover book, and I don't even remember the plot, but it was just so cool seeing the Silver Surfer and Superman flying in space together. That means... Silver Surfer and Superman? Yeah. Like... Three of us asked for Fantastic Four things. <laughs> Give it to us, Feige. Um, I would also see, like to see Rogue done right if we want one that's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Colette, thank you. If Roman is the soul of the shop, Colette is the beating heart of the shop, and uh, we love you. Thank you so much. You're amazing you every day. All right, Justin, come back. I thought he'd leave. Justin just took off. Yeah, He's he like, went, I got kombucha to drink. I got a morning ahead of me. I'm getting up at four. <laughs> he gets up early. What time do you get up right now, Justin? Right now? Let, well, no, this sit morning. down. And then what time do you wake up? I just woke up. Okay. <laughs> just take a power nap. <laughs> so we got to get Justin up here to talk about Batman number 80, uh, Tom King, Klaus Jansen, Timo Mori, but the star of the hour, John Romita Jr. Oh, yeah, my favorite guy. Your favorite guy. <laughs> the definitive, uh, what's your definitive description for John Romita Jr.'s art style? Uh, he looks, he doesn't draw people as much as he draws hot dogs as people. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that he didn't do that that much in this issue. Yeah, it was the it's least... It's the like, glitchy effect. It's hiding the sausage. The sausage. <laughs> the sausage. Yeah, well, he had a great anchor yeah, great in Klaus anchor. Jansen. Yeah. yeah. Who, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, Klaus he did the... Uh, Frank Miller garbage pile. Yeah. Um, no, I love Frank. No, I don't. Um, so... Jeff, thanks. Uh, Phil's going to take your spot for the rest of the show. Yeah, I earned it. I earned it. Um, we have historically, we're like pretty over the moon about this Tom King run. Like we're all pretty bummed yeah. it's going to be ending. Yeah. I love it. 
Um, there has been an amazing rotating cast of artists on this book. Lee Weeks, uh, Tony Daniels, uh, a bunch of other ones. Clayman. Fornes. Oh, Jorge Fornes, who has stolen my heart in the last year and a half. Same. And then we got John Romita Jr. Even his mustaches look like hot dogs. <laughs> uh, how did everyone feel about this? This sort of takes place when we get in the City of Bane thing. Bane broke Batman's back. Batman went MIA, and Bane has taken over all of Gotham City. And we've got a bunch of bad guys as police deputies. And then, super spoilers for like a month ago, a month and a half ago. I don't want to ruin anything for anyone here. Catch up. Catch up. Um, but... Uh, Alfred was murdered by Bane in a couple issues ago, and Bruce doesn't know that yet. Um, and Bruce is getting into Gotham now to kind of like right all these wrongs that Bane has set He's up. He's feeling good. He's feeling good. Yeah. He's feeling like it's all fueled on hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this issue. Did you? Yeah. Did you? I mean, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. It's got like a. It's got Kite Man. And Batman sure. making fun of him with a hell yeah. yeah. It's got uh, Hush and Batman having like a shootout, like a shootout showdown yeah. in the middle of the rain. Uh, other than the kind of the weird proportions of probably six or seven drawings here, I thought that John Romita Jr. did a really good job. Um. <laughs> so like, I enjoyed it. Did I like it? Yeah. I mean, like, ah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I had fun. Fun. Did I like it? See, it I, did good I comic. liked it. Not as much as most Batman issues recently, but I actually, I forgot that it was Romita Jr. I mean, the weirdest thing was his Two-Face. I was like, is that Two-Face? He's so... What about the third eye with the up. cat? Yeah, and I don't know what the deal is with that cat with the third eye. I was like, is this a mechanical spy device of somebody? We what is met this? that cat at some point. And I can't, like, at some point in this run, we met that cat, and I what can't a, remember where. What about the profile shots of Batman where his cowl goes, like, a foot behind his head? <laughs> just, just, like, totally out of touch. It's called style, Jeff. Oh, fuck. <laughs> One day. But everyone, look at that. Like, you all know where his head is in that image. There's a lot of cowl behind that head. JR, JR, I'm looking at you, bud. where he keeps his bat computer. <laughs> Was that Roman? That's where he keeps his bat computer. Yeah. What? It's all in his brain, buddy. I would say this is the best John Romita Jr. art I have seen in a while. I it think is. his Superman Year One art was a step up from the stuff that I've seen for a while before that. I think a lot of it is owed to the colors in this. Like, the lighting is great. Just like you said, the kind of Mitch Garrett's digital glitchiness of this issue hides a lot of what I don't love about John Romita Jr. That sausage sheen. Yeah. I do love early John Romita Jr. art. His, like, J. Michael Straczynski Spider-Man run, I think it's is great. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Then he stopped drawing lips. Colette said he drew, like, two ovals, a slightly smaller oval for the inside of the mouth. I heard he was in an accident and fucked up his hand. Sure. And maybe that's just a really good <laughs> sure, out for when you just got really yeah, into Oscar George Meyer Price, sausages, <laughs> and that was just what you were looking can I, at. Can I ask what, I mean, what do y'all think of, of, what's Batman with this hell yeah? I, oh. That was the most inorganic okay. thing. Okay, you Frank guys, Miller, I'm looking at Frank no, 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 Miller. No. You guys all didn't God read, damn Batman. you didn't read The War of Jokes and Riddles, and in The War of I Jokes and Riddles, is this a reference? You get, no, you get the Kite Man origin, Who and the Kite yeah Man always says, hell yeah, and Batman kind of makes fun of him for it. Oh. So when he shoots him down in this, he says, hell yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's okay, like the well, Tom King thing where he just kind of repeats two or three words. Okay, well, well that, I haven't noticed. That's cute then, okay. I forgot about that. I like <laughs> yeah. it. Okay, I like yeah. it now. Ten. 
Oh, oh save it for a good one. No, no. Get into I, the sands of the beach and shove that shovel down and get that gooey duck. Hero I, of the beach. I, I'd give it a seven and a half. Oh, okay. I, I would have given it probably an eight or a nine with uh, better art, but, you know, you, you can't get that every time. Yeah, my real score is probably about seven and a half, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. I'd undercut it a little bit. I'd go seven. What other real scores do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you later. Oh, feisty. I'm going seven. I don't know. I hope that John Romita Jr. isn't on for a lot of this run. <laughs> He's doing a lot of stuff right now. The alley's just the YMCA parking lot here. Well, you know, YMCA. Where are you at, Justin? You're like a four, four and a half. <laughs> um, I... Ten, no. Uh, no, there was a mustache in it. Yeah, there was. Or was it a hot dog? That's all. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I'd give it a seven fiver, but I really liked the shot where Bruce and Hush are standing across from each other in the alleyway, and we got our we got our Mitch glitch going on in the pouring down rain and the colors, and they're reflected in the buildings. That was really dramatic and cinematic. And Can you so imagine if Jorge Fornes do that page, though? Gosh, Jeff. yeah. Take, <laughs> We're just saying. He didn't, you know? okay? We'll never <laughs> have stars. that picture. And then you they gotta make admit, a, in that scene, Batman's forehead, his reflection forehead, is way bigger than his actual forehead. Don't shit on my favorite scene. <laughs> Check Roman. your comic book privilege, us. Like, I only want the best art. Uh, then they do, they do like a Plato Aristotle reference, yep. which Who? Jeff Loeb did in in the original Batman Hush. That was like a thematic thing. So Tom King going back to the old Hush, which. Is one of my favorite Batman stories. Of oh my all God! Time. Are, are, is he saying that Plato's cave is Batman's cave? He there is a oh. moment in this. There's a <laughs> moment in this where uh, Gotham Girl is talking about apologizing, and she's kind of pushing her limits. And uh, the Batman who's hanging out is Bruce's dad from another reality comics. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he says like I told you to stay home. You need to rest. And she's like pushing herself, and he's like he's going to pay for what he's done, mm. which has implied that Thomas Wayne while working for Bane, clearly is trying to exact revenge on Bane, yeah. I would yeah. say. So, you know, interesting. it's all moving the, the thing forward, and I love the whole thing. So, I think this issue shows, like, this and uh, Doom Patrol kind of show how important it is for a writer and an artist to work together, because this could have been probably a 9 or a 10 from all of us if it was different art, and Doom Patrol would have got a 5 from me with somebody else. Right. right. And yeah. it's such an important combination of things. Uh, the other day, somebody said to me, who was it? Was it James Burke? He sure. said... Uh, Shout out James Burke. The colorist, the new anchor. And I thought that was really interesting because colorists are what we notice now because a lot of people ink their own stuff or it's all done digitally or whatever. And colorists are the thing that we kind of notice now as bringing another level to the art. Yeah, I do think it's important to kind of suss out that difference between the, the penciler, the inker, and the colorist. Like there's a, a real... Uh, the inker and colorist jobs are super, I think, underappreciated. Well, we gotta find we gotta, out what that bent one Colette was talking about is about. Yeah, it's I'm gonna open it. Oh. What's it mean? Who's that super cool chick at the shop? She's awesome and has great taste. You should give her a raise. Also, Braden Rock's customer X. I second all of that. Very, very good. 
Well Fuck played. Yeah. Well played. Hell yeah. You mean hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> the goddamn bat. All right, let's pick up a second one for that segue. Um, if Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were at a greasy spoon, a term apparently more than Roman uses, uh, for <laughs> breakfast, what would, like they, what would they likely order? Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Batman would get six eggs. No. <laughs> no, he carboloads. What's that? He carboloads. That's eggs. I was going to say biscuits and gravy no, for Batman. Eggs. Oh, yeah. That's not going to... No? No. Okay. Would... All right, all right, all right. <laughs> that would, that all, right, right. all right. What do you guys think? Yeah, what? who's, what's Batman getting? Granola. Steak and granola. Snake and eggs and granola. I like that. What's Superman getting? Snake and eggs. Snakes and eggs. I like that. Snakes and eggs. That's true. It's a, there's a perfect circle to it. He Superman's likes that. getting wheat cakes. Wonder Woman uh, probably gets... Superman definitely gets wheat cakes. A smoothie? Yeah, that's true. Wonder Woman gets a smoothie. A smoothie. A smoothie. <laughs> or I bet she goes like I bet she goes harder in the breakfast paint than anybody. Oh yeah. Wonder, Wonder Woman gets a Greek omelet. Oh. <laughs> Very good, Roman. Roman a I Greek omelet. He's been a to Greek. a lot of greasy spoons. I have. He's yeah. the greasy spoon guy. Yeah. Um, Dude, did yeah, you guys read no. Savage Avengers number six? I did read Savage. Now, Justin, <laughs> listen, you're on the podcast. You've heard us talk about Savage Avengers. Mm-hmm. You haven't gotten in yet. Is no. there a reason? I mean, like, is it is it just Justin or Jeff and uh, Django too loudly, angrily excited about it? Where where does it fall short? I don't feel strong enough. Mm. I don't either. <laughs> that book. Yeah. yeah, not strongly strong. This yeah. is uh, it's Gary. It's a muscular book. It's a muscular book. Yeah, that's kind of the theme for this episode. Yeah. It's is like muscu- steak and muscles. Uh, Gary Duggan, uh, Kim Jacinto, Tamara Bonvion doing this book. And this just follows Conan and the Punisher dragging the Punisher's uh, exhumed families' bodies through the Savage Land and then Antarctica. And we and we don't it's even. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's so it's so dumb and it's so good because you. Know, why didn't they go home with Doctor uh, Voodoo's teleportation? Because Punisher know. needs Crom yeah, to yeah. judge. Yeah, him. he's got to drag yeah. his dead family through but Antarctica. But like the double punch of like absolute absurdity, like Punisher and Conan <laughs> like slaying a bunch of snakes and then staying up all night to make awesome outfits. <laughs> and Conan then, with Punisher's guns. And then several pages later, the Punisher <laughs> being like to Conan like. Do you think, uh, you know, Crom judges me for being weak, for carrying my family around for the last week? And Conan's like, you've been carrying them around for a lot longer than a week. <laughs> I'm like, damn, let's talk about guilt. But then Conan goes, but who gives a damn what he thinks? And I'm like, fuck, I wish more religious people were like, yeah, that fucking guy up there, who cares what he thinks, but I'm hanging out with him. <laughs> super, super good balance. Yeah, it's just an adventure. There's even a giant snake. Like, a couple. It's, it's required yeah. for a Conan book. Um, I, I loved the, it. I love when Conan grabs one of the Punisher's guns and he just starts opening fire. And he takes out, like, the Velociraptors attacking him, but he, actually, he accidentally takes out the, the, the pretty birds up in the trees and he almost takes out the Punisher. He's bad at guns. <laughs> it's like... It's like he's a thousand years before guns. Yeah, and, guys, then, and then when he loses, he loses gets, uses up all the bullets, he says, "Fah, this is no weapon for a true warrior." Yeah. And then he turns around and beats the shit yeah. out of somebody with the handle of the gun. Which I don't love Conan very much because it's a little bit too self-serious, even when it's not super self-serious. They put a new artist on this book, uh, replaced Mike Diodato, who I like Mike Diodato, but this. Uh, Kim Jacinto did um, the Sentry miniseries that came mm. out last year. The Jeff Lemire one? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and it's just cartoony enough. There's some great usage of halftone dots, which if you've been following the last six months of the podcast, you know Jeff and Django have been wrestling about. Uh, uh, also, there's a bunch of C and M and Y. Oh, that's true, CMYK. Or that's C- a reference CM- I'm sure everyone K. gets. Uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I, I loved the ridiculousness of this book. It was even quicker of a read than the last ones. And yeah. I feel like when what you're hanging on is sort of like muscular action, yeah. for me, I need an amount of comic, like quickness. And, and I don't want to rely on words. I want like the cartooning to be effective, colorful, and fun, and not be like, I'm not reading this book to be reading it. I'm reading this book to be looking at it. So yeah. that, that's my take on it. But I, I like it to be quick when it's a thing like this, and it was. I'd give it an eight. I'd give it it's an 8.5. Oh. Oh. Burly. <laughs> how many... Uh, pervets? Eight and a half pervets. Eight and a half pervets? Hey, Roman, how many pervets uh, did it strike home with you for? Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Oh, nine I should have known. Even though I know Crom won't care. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Crom, I say. Yeah. Uh, let's get a question out here real quick. Django? Did you guys not read it, Justin? Oh, just oh, right. He's not, He's not strong, strong enough. enough. You, you pick a question. Oh, man. All right. I get this one. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have a softball and a hardball if we get stuck. I love that about these questions. What noise, (laughs) Braden, does a transformer make when it transforms, Jeff? Only one guy has this, and it's my main buddy, Django. (laughs) It's so good when you do it. So good. You can't talk about transformers at all, but damn it, can you sound about them. That's that's my favorite part of them. Now, listen, I have (laughs) to believe. It's not the omni-unicorn. Corn? Unicron. Unicorn. Unicron. U- Unicron. Leonard Nimoy. No. Um, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Thank you. The guy yeah. who ate a bunch. Um, <laughs> oh, you're not in. <laughs> right? Didn't he, didn't he eat a bunch? He drank wine, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, put, um, he was the fucking shadow. <laughs> I don't even know who the shadow. He's the guy who was based on Batman, right? The yeah. shadow. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've been hearing that for several years from Django. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, Roman. Yes. I feel like we got to make some room for Brayden yeah, up yeah. here, who's I actually the king Braden, of sound yeah. effects. Brayden up here. Brayden! That man's based on the shadow. <laughs> what a joke. I heard what that Brayden's bringing his best Transformers sound effect for us. He's the king of sound effects. I don't care if he's got a Transformers yeah. one, but he's got a good one up there. <laughs> Brayden, if you could make a sound effect uh, right now, what would it be? Uh, uh, That's a good one. I like it. Have I ever made a sound effect for you guys before? I just remember that your first, like, two episodes on the podcast, you were particularly charmed by a couple sound effects. Oh, yeah. I think they were laser sound effects. Yeah, I think they were laser sound effects. Yeah. And I remember just being, like, charmed or like, man, Brayden likes a sound effect. Oh, yeah. Apparently less than I thought, but I'm going to keep pushing it out. Oh, I love reading sound effects. I don't know how to make them. Yeah. Mm. Sure. That was a laser. Yeah, it was a laser. Thank you. Pew! Um, Brayden, Chip Zdarsky, Marco Cicchetto... Daredevil. Number 12, which is for... Schlees. Schlees. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's true. Uh, Daredevil is really good right now. Uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, Chiquetto was off the book for a little bit for the second arc, but he's back on it now, and it really, really shines through. Daredevil's, Daredevil's growing through some stuff. Uh, he's got all this guilt about a dude he probably killed in, like, the first issue. and <laughs> Probably. He is no longer Daredevil, but he's still fighting crime because he just can't help himself, and he keeps hearing all this crime going on around him. Uh, so he's in a real pickle here. 
he's got his friend Foggy trying to help out in this hostage situation where someone else who's dressed up as Daredevil fought some crime, corrupt cops got him, they're going to beat him up or kill him or whatever, and it's they a whole mess. Daredevil ends up busting in there trying to, trying to take them out as safely and as non-violently as possible, and it doesn't go well. He gets his ass kicked. Uh, the guy almost dies. They almost shoot someone. It's a, it's a mess. He's, he's a mess. Uh, but Electra comes, saves his ass, and says, he's all surprised when she comes in, and he's like, oh, you didn't kill any of them. Thanks. Yeah, she's I love like, that. Yeah, because I didn't need to, and I can show you how. He would just train with me. Idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was great. Dude, um, what I loved about this is that in the kind of background of this 12-issue run, which this book makes me very happy that we haven't been putting up with it for a year, putting up with weird word, but I, I love that we're getting 12 issues of this book in like the six months that it's been coming out. This is an instance of double shipping really working for me. But in the background of this, we've been dealing with Wilson Fisk, who has become the mayor of New York yes. in Charles Soule's run, and now he's kind of being invited into the fold of these rich socialites who kind of uh, control and pull the strings of the entire culture. Right, because because uh, he thinks Daredevil is dead. Yeah. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go clean, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. And uh, in this table, we're seeing all these rich people who've had power much... He's, who've I had think it's money. like the governor's like, family, yeah. maybe, or something. But there's this one guy who kind of keeps shaming Wilson Fisk of, of sort of, you know, yeah. like, oh, you're doing all these dirty things to get rich. Yeah, and he's making all these fat jokes and stuff. Yeah. And, and man, Wilson goes, Kingpin goes to the bathroom at one point, and he hangs out there to kind of, like, get his shit together, and this guy goes into the bathroom, and Wilson like snaps and just murders the shit out of him. There's that a panel like... where he just grabs the guy and his hand takes up like half his face and he just like yanks him in there and it's like, oh shit, what's going to happen to this guy? And the very next page, like, oh, he's absolutely dead. There's a great nine panel grid of just blood. You see the guy's face with Wilson's hand on it and blood. Then it's just kind of alternating between the two. Blood, it's, violence, blood, violence. It's, Blurred. It's great. Blurred. It's, it's really like... I really nailed home, like, the violence that was happening without, like, kind of too gratuitously, like, kind of glorifying it, rolling around in it. But. Dude, what I love is, like, Chips at RC seems to have a, a way of zeroing in on, like, toxic masculinity, I think, better than a lot of writers. Like, um, the, the arc with the fill-in artist and, like, the male crime figures in that and the way... Uh, that the person that Daredevil knew who invited him into that, like, fits into that equation. Or, like, Wilson Fisk, like, you just felt he got shamed, and you were just like, oh, man, a person with those weaknesses can't take looking foolish. And mm -hmm. you just felt that some horrible shit was going to happen. And it was just like, yeah, like, he has this ability to write people that scare the shit out of me because of, you know, like, their weakness, their inability to tolerate certain things that other people tolerate in the way that people have to. Like, he, he zeroes in on that in a way that, you know, like, between Spider-Man, between this one, like, I, I just think that he, he is fantastic at writing really shitty guys who suffer from this consistent hang-up of just, like, you're not the center of the fucking world, man. Like, mm. I, I, I don't know. I, I really liked that in this particular issue as well. I yeah. like that when Wilson killed the guy... You, you are kind of reminded just through the, the like his horror at the violence that he doesn't do that much. He usually has people take out your entire family and all your friends before he kills you, but he doesn't usually get his hands dirty. Right. And just a couple of panels get that across really well in here. Yeah. Also, he's fucked. He just killed a rich guy in a rich people's house. So. Yeah. 
while he's trying to be a super squeaky clean mayor, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's very much immediate. Like, I have to know what's going to happen next with this guy. So like, is he going to buy him off? Is I don't know. I don't all? know. What's yeah. he going to do? It's great. Um, and I think also uh, Chip does a really good job with this particular, this whole series. Kingpin and Daredevil are both kind of running parallel, trying to be something they're not. And it's not working out. And it's just mm. really fascinating to watch. No, that is. That's absolutely like the through line of like Daredevil trying to go clean, you know, trying to stop fighting crime and he can't. And Kingpin can't not be a big, angry, murderous buddy. Yeah. You know? Like it. Yeah, yeah. Chip's, Chip in the last like year and a half has just done really amazing things with writing comics, but also I think like diversifying your brand, so to speak. I think he's, you know, appealing to some very separate groups of people. And I think it's really impressive. And Marco Cicchetto can draw anything. Oh, absolutely. Cicchetto. So good. All the fight, there's a lot of good fight scenes, there's a lot of good expressions. There's this really good panel where uh, he's fighting on the roof with all these bad cops and like they take a shot at him. And then you see the bullet go through a window and almost like hit a woman with her child. And it's like, whoa, like, yeah. that's not what you usually see in a superhero book. It's like guns and laser blasts are going off all the time, but mm-hmm. like, there's collateral damage going on. <laughs> it, it just kind of put a whole different tone in the book that I really appreciate. With one panel again. Yeah. Yeah. I also dig the usage of Electra. Like, I like that yeah. she hasn't come in and just like, you know, she appeared two issues ago, I think, and it didn't become, all right, now this is what the story's about. Like, mm-hmm. she disappeared for two issues. Now she's back here. Like, um, you know, y- you're not seeing the real, like, wires of the writing where it's just like, all right, introduce this character, and now the plot goes here. Uh, it, I really, I've been saying this sort of in the last, like, six months on the podcast, but I really uh, am finding a deep appreciation for people who are playing the long game with their stories. Like, you were saying that the reason Mark Russell is writing this Red Sonia series is because he had a green lit for 26 issues before yeah. he started writing it. I love someone who is putting that much, like, determined time under their run, and I think Chip Zdarsky is doing that here. Well, they, they teased Cletus Cassidy for, like, four two-panel appearances before he Carnage, ever turned yeah. into Carnage. Like, and, and they're doing that in Spider-Man right now. Like, it seems like the uh, Marvel especially is, is giving writers a longer shot at building an arc and letting them pepper in little bits of foreshadowing and, and characters that are going to show up later. I want to know Braden's uh, perfect score on this 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 book. And I'm also, also your normal score. <laughs> um, both are actually a 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm also curious, is this your favorite Daredevil run? Do you do you love Daredevil as a whole, or is this run kind of like separated his history for you? I, I really appreciate the early Frank Miller stuff uh, with Daredevil, obviously, uh, but I haven't really checked in with the character too much. Like, Mark Wade did that awesome run. Right. But this is the most I've really resonated like with this book, with this series in a long time. And I haven't read that Frank Miller stuff because that bear is a Frank Miller hater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't so let you have Frank Miller in the house? He doesn't let us have it in the house at all. So Sam's always right. like, I'm trying to get that Frank Miller. And Bear's like, no, Sam, no Frank Miller. Jeff, he looks through your bag every time you come home. Oh, he goes through it every time. You can come over to my house. I got a Frank Miller seat. I've heard I can sleep on your couch. I appreciate that. Uh, what do you give it, Django? I would also give it a nine. Ooh. Yeah. This is good. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is really good stuff. I'd give it an 8.5. Like, it's just a great comic. Not my favorite issue of the series so far, but like every issue of this I finish, and I'm like, this is one of the best comics coming out right now. Yeah. I'll give it a 9. I really, really like this run. It's real sensitive. There's a, he just packs so much emotion into his books. Um, and each issue is usually around some kind of ethical question that 
we're kind of poking holes in the in the fantasy of superheroes. This one that was a little less present, but it's still just an amazing book. Um, and Kingpin's real scary. I've loved hearing like the issues that you've latched on to because there was a couple in that fill-in arc um, where you loved it because oh, it was yeah. such a moral issue. And I was like, oh fuck, like I, I gotta you know reread this thing because there's clearly some real deep stuff going on. My favorite issues are just the ones where like he's forced to talk a lot, like the one where he's at a dinner table and one when he's playing chess with Reed Richards. And they're to me as interesting as when he's doing this crazy battling cops and messing with the Punisher and stuff that. The dialogue and the questions that they're addressing are just such a cool take on the character. And I think it's a good instance of a series that you can probably dip in on any issue on. Um, yeah. Brayden, do you want to pull a question for us? we got a lot sure. of questions. I know, and we're going to use them on the everybody. podcast itself. Well, I thought we were doing it as the encore. Right. Well, we're running late, and we got a House of X discussion <laughs> that's going to be Ooh. an hour, so... <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, oh, pick a side. Uh-oh. Hardball or softball? Oh, you did it. You read it and you decide. I guess hardball. I guess someone just yelled hardball, so. All right, all right, all right. Favorite single issue book of all time. Damn. Go. Yeah. Yeah. What's a softball? (laughs) Uh, Favorite comic book movie. Go. I'm going to go with the hardball. I'm going the hardball. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to stare off of that bingo sign for a while. I would say... I already know mine. For me, it's probably, I don't know. <laughs> Justin, you've got one. What do you got? Pax Americana by Grant's. Grant Fuck you. Yeah, that's, oh, that's a good one. It's a damn good comic. Me too. So good. If you can get Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely on an issue, it's immediately up there for me. Um, I think, now, I hope that this doesn't weaken it. I've only read this issue in collections, so I can't tell you the exact issue number. Um, I was just talking to Nathan Butcher about it. You're down there in the darkness somewhere. Um, But uh, the Jonathan Hickman Fantastic Four run, um, a character dies almost halfway through that series, and there is an almost silent issue that, you know, goes immediately after that, and and it's Spider-Man and Franklin Richards hanging out and processing their guilt and I've read it three times every single time I've read it I've like just broken down into tears the first time I read it I was on an airplane between two strangers just sobbing and they're like at a oh, man, comic book he knows something about this plane that we don't <laughs> um, but yeah and I read it several months ago on my couch still made me totally weep it's the most like Hickman does this dry amazing machine working stuff but I also think that he writes heartfelt moments um, better than just about anybody so it's you know it's half the way into his run but it's right after the big death that happens in that run I'd love to have anybody come to the shop and I would show them that one but I don't want to spoil stuff that's a hard thing to nail down but and, and it seems weird to say a comic from the last two and a half years, but I would say that the Batman Annual Number Two from Tom King is probably one of my very favorite comics. But also ever. Batman All the Way Down from him. Well, listen, I say a lot of things are my favorite comic, but the the, the annual I, I would put above All the Way Down. But all of those are below Harley Quinn Breaking Glass. Well, that's not an Which issue. Which is below Year One, Issue One, <laughs> Two, Three, and Four. Yeah. Brayden, what's your favorite single issue of all time? I've been thinking about it. There's been a lot of really good single issues I've liked like recently, but I think the one that I've like read the most uh, probably Teen Dog Number Two. Oh, yeah. oh Teen, yeah. Dog. Teen Dog! Like good. I've read that like six or seven times, like within the week that I bought it. Like it's so good. One of the first things Brayden and I bonded over is there was a lot of uh, sort of like kind of 
pre-date talk about Jeff and Braden oh, yeah. getting to know each other. We had like a common pool of friends. And so everyone was like, yeah, you guys got to meet each other. Mm -hmm. I think one of the first things that happened when we met is we talked about Teen Dog. Oh, yeah. Which is one of our both favorite, favorite books. What um, is it you guys always say? A lot of stuff. Teen Dog! Teen Dog! Always. Because <laughs> um, uh, Thug Pug is always saying that. Um, also, that single issue of Runaways is like 12 or 14. Yeah, yeah, that... That That's definitely that in the top five. You got me to read tonight. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal issue. Oh, yeah. Brayden, thanks for coming up, buddy. Thank you for having me. You are a, a, just the diligent linchpin of this shop that holds uh, our entire weekends together. So thank you so much for being yes. here and being at the shop. Thanks. Roman, come back. Wait, what are you guys talking about? We got to get a gooey duck out of Roman tonight. All right, listen. Fuck, you're right. Listen, it's later than we thought, and we got a House of X discussion, so we got to do it quick, Justin. Oh. Shit. Shit. House of X number six of six. Jonathan Hickman, Pepe Larraz, Marta Gracia. Oh, no. House of X is done. The house. 11 of 12, if you consider House of X and Powers of 10 a single series. Justin and I have not talked about this book yet. We said on Tuesday, this book's going to come in, and I don't want to see you until the podcast, it's and we true. can't talk about this book beforehand. So let's take just like five minutes to summarize all of House of X and Powers of Ten. <laughs> um, Got I it. Jest, I jest. House of X is over. Powers of Ten is not. What do you think about the end of this whole thing? Hmm. I gotta look at it. Get in there. <laughs> I'm not sure how many people are reading this book, but it is, I think, collectively... It's my favorite book that's been coming out... Um, I would say in several years. I think this is, like, I loved Mr. Miracle a couple years ago. That was amazing. Mm, yeah. I loved that. Um, this is a type of analytical, fictional journey that is moral questions and hidden truths, and it is exactly what I love out of a comic book. I totally understand people like Django who had to leave the room. Uh, <laughs> if you don't want to have to read your book five times, um, but if you like that, if you like that new Tool album because you have to listen to it 12 times to en enjoy it at all, uh, Hickman is the tool of comic books, I would say. He's a tool as well. Um, but so, like, this is... This is the almost end of this whole thing. Roman, come the, here. The, Django's the, not here. The, I need you over here. Okay, okay. Yeah, the penultimate the issue. Penultimate. It's the end of House. House. What did, what did you think, Roman? Did, it end, did this end in an okay way for you? Well, I don't consider it an ending because we still have the, next, the last issue of right. Powers. Um, I really dug this issue. I mean, it was great seeing hey, all Roman, the Hey, Roman, yeah? what would you give it? What would I give it? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, oh you know. Oh, oh, God, I can't look. Uh -oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'd probably give it, you know, you know, a a X, which translates as a ten. Go! Oh! Gooey dog. Doing. I knew you had one of those uh, pseudopods in you somewhere. Yeah, 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 it's my mutant power. It is false oh. foot. Um, gosh, it's hard to feel like this is the ending. So this is, you know, two six-issue series that are one larger twelve-issue series. This whole series took place in one day, and it shows that Charles Xavier has led the whole mutantdom to, to sort of be recognized as a separate national entity on the island of Krakoa. They're still shady as shit. Like, they're, like the they're mutants doity. are, like, super sketchy, and I, I love them, but I love the moral ambiguity of this. Was there resolution for you? I mean, we'll have more resolution with Powers of Ten ending. Man, Django leaving really threw me off. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I thought he was that you guy out there. Um, 
this was like, let's celebrate. We got Utopia. We did it after all this time. Um, Had some real Matrix 2 vibes where right. all just like big old orgy underneath the ground. Yeah, let's drink beer. And but, but wasn't this whole issue set a month ago before the advance of the previous issues? This is, I mean, House of X, for the most part, has all been one day. It started with them proposing that they're going to give these drugs to society. Um, Sabretooth got in trouble. Uh, they went into space to fight that mo yeah. master mold, mother mold. Uh, they died. They got resurrected. All of this is supposed to be like sort of one day, whereas Powers it's of Ten. It's a long day. It's a big old long big day. Long day, yeah. Never a dull moment. Uh, Nightcrawler voted to kill some people, and he's supposed to be like the shining beacon of, you know, moral strength. They yeah. all voted to kill their buddy. Well, did the, they? Well, they didn't really kill him. Oh, well. Though I was wondering, when they tossed Sabretooth down there, he's he's immobilized, and I was it's like... It's kind of worse and, than death. Well, yeah, I was wondering, well, so does Krakoa feed him them? How does he eat, survive, defecate? He's immobile. Yeah, you're in Just this immobile, suspended in mobile darkness... And so essentially you would think, yeah, he's going to die. There was a variant that came out this week that no one saw the cover of until it came out. It was called the mm. foreshadowing variant. And on the cover of it, it's Omega Red walking out of a Krakoan portal. And in this depiction of the government that they're building, so the last two issues of this have been very Game of Thronesy, uh, like establishing a government for the ruling body of Krakoa. And there's still one name we don't know who it is. No. And it's uh, the Sebastian Shaw, Emma Frost, group. There's one more that's the Red King. I think it's Omega Red. Hail to the king, baby. Hail to that tentacled king. Yeah, big League. Big League. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know, man. I, I, I love this. I don't have any negative feelings about it. I know Django, let me speak for my brother, uh, he didn't necessarily want this 12-issue series to be a thing that just opened up the ongoing series. I think that he wanted a beginning, middle, and end to it and have some, some sort of, like, you can buy this as a hardcover and get a full story. This kind of solidified in my mind that we really are dealing with a 12-issue setting the table. And I think the mm -hmm. X-Men needed that. I don't think that you could have done a two-year run on the X-Men, which he's going to do, without having done this. So I really appreciate it. I do understand how that might be a complaint that, you know, 12 issues of setting it up. I eat that shit up. Me too. But, uh, like, Roman, do you feel at all slighted in the way that this has come out or was oh, no. presented? No. Um, I mean, he gooey ducked it. I, so. mean, I mean, we've got the government set up here now for Krakoa, and we've got the mutant state. Everybody's in place. I, I expect Omega Red to show up and somehow rescue what's-his-name, Sabretooth. And I love this, like, yeah. yeah, they're being thrown into a pit. It's just like you're just gathering a bunch of bad guys into a blank space and some yeah. shit is going to happen. It's issue 11 of 12 of yeah. this series and things are going good before an ongoing that Hickman's going to write. Right. I can't imagine what's going to happen in the next issue and then the, the number one of Dawn of X or whatever. Deep seeds of pessimism. Uh, yeah, Hickman likes to be a dick. Yeah. And he, like... <laughs> He's got us like, oh, let's just drink beer and have our plant orgy here right? on this island. They're just plant orgying and like Cyclops and Wolverine and Gene are all We're sharing beer. And yeah. it's, it is very like, you remind me of that Matrix scene at the beginning of the second one where it's just like, oh man, you're all <laughs> celebrating, but like some bad She's stuff is food. happening. I, I really liked the way that this was presented because if this is all a single day and everything kind of launches off of this, this sort of illusion of success is, I think, a really powerful jumping-off point. Like, we yeah. did it. We finally have a positive future to live for. Fuck. 
and we know so far in the future we got a network of black holes eating planets that they have to deal with. Love so, it. Yeah. Love I, it. I, uh, somewhere in this run is a contender for one of my favorite single issues. Yeah. I don't know what it is <laughs> yet, but it, I loved every issue so much. I can't wait till Powers of, I, I've liked Powers of 10 a little bit more than House of X just because I like black holes. <laughs> um, I, I, I give this a 10. I give this whole run a 10. Yeah. I'm biased, but I, I love it. What I what love so much is that, like, while the doors opened up here, a table of people just gathered discussing theories about this book. And working in the shop for, like, six and a half years, that hasn't happened in my time here. I think the closest would be Grant Morrison's Batman run. Mm, yeah. You know, people are like, there's time travel going on. What the fuck's going on? And, like, this book breeds community, and as someone who works at a store and works to, like, breed community, I couldn't be more grateful for something that is just, like, you like that? Well, that's cool. Let's be friends and talk about it. Like, that is a really amazing thing to get done, uh, and I'm super grateful that it's existed, and I can't wait for him to be writing a monthly X-Men series. Like, it's, it's a fucking amazing. It's a gift. Yeah, it's going to be which, which X? He's doing new X-Men? He's just doing X-Men. X-Men. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you got? What oh, I was going to say, I was going to give it an interconnecting network of gooey ducks. Oh, all my God. Tangling together. A bunch is. of pseudopods <laughs> extending <laughs> their false <laughs> foot <laughs> into a different <laughs> shell. I love it. <laughs> I give what? it an X. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. Yes, <laughs> everyone <laughs> raises their hand. This is a podcast. Shit. Uh, yeah, those feed go out. Let yeah. Um, <laughs> Heck, oh, oh fuck! We opened it with that. That was good. That was good. But Dino, I'm think I'm thanking you for not. Uh, Django, you gave it a ten. I give it like an eight, yeah. eight and a half. I liked it a lot. Hell yeah! Um, listen, I just grabbed this question, but like, fuck it, you pick one. All right, all right, I pick this one. Yeah, yeah. If you had green legs. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Sorry, I misread that. Okay, no. fuck. If you had Answer green lantern's one. ring. What would your first construct be? Green legs. And green why? legs. <laughs> green, like giant green legs or tiny green, or like lots of green legs? Like sexy green legs. I would, uh, I would wait till a podcast recording, and as soon as Roman gave a tin, I'd construct a gooey duck to throw down on the table. <laughs> but like a weighty one. Like, yeah. goo, I'm going to sh shatter a table. I'd make a kite man costume. Yeah. Oh, I hell think you yeah. mean hell yeah. Hell yeah. You do a what? Kite man costume. Oh, okay, okay. Hell yeah. You already did that. <laughs> we sure both yeah. did. I couldn't hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Django? And by Django, I mean my best friend Justin. Hey, I would <laughs> create a little Jeff that I could carry around with me. What about me, though? <laughs> a bear. The bear scares me. This, yeah. this is the closest There's a lot of psychic ever. energy yeah. surrounding that bear. You guys are gross. Pretty gross. Yeah. Listen, we gotta do some buckshots. Roman needs to tell us what's going on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was, gonna, I was thinking something disgusting, but I'll go clean. Um, I would make myself a Ghost Rider motorcycle. That's a pretty good pervert right there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, know, I know usually we're very organized and we never change things on the fly. No. But what do you think of this? Because we're running pretty long. We sure are. Are we? As usual? Yeah, there's a clock back there. It's and like it's two long. feet high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> there is. Wow. What do you think of rock, paper, scissors for one buckshot? Fuck, do you want it? I'll just give it to you. Yeah, I, don't I don't want, want it. it. I don't want a buckshot. All right, Justin and I will rock, I scissors. Gun gun rock paper scissors, and the winners will rock, paper, scissors. Let's right. do it quick. I never right. understood rock, paper, scissors. Oh, my God. We have to teach Roman <laughs> rock, paper, scissors. All right, Justin's got to do that one right. over here. 
Uh, God, he doesn't know rock, paper, scissors. I can't explain this to him. Oh. <laughs> All right, you go one, two, three, shoot. Go. One, two, three. One, two, three, you boys shoot. Boys in your gooey dust. All right, I, my rock Django smashes your Justin. scissors. Oh. Justin, do you know how this works? He beat me. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're, we're being... Yeah. Oh, God. We got to... <laughs> <laughs> Django wins! Django! Oh, no. This feels like a setup. Buck shot me into oblivion, buddy. I'll get the clock right, ready. You got the clock? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, the timer. Let's make it a really good sound effect this time. Um, now we'll just do the classic uplift. If you got an iPhone, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, 90 seconds on the clock, go! All right, I read uh, Punisher number 16 by Matt Rosenberg, Simon Kadransky, and Fabella. This was the end of the series. It was awesome. Spoiler alert. Well, I'm not going to tell you that, but it's, it's <laughs> rad. That whole series has been great. This ended really well. Ghost Rider number one, Ed Brisson, uh, Aaron Cooter, and somebody, Keith. This had amazing art. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be super into it, but uh, I, I thought it was really good. Uh, like Jeff mentioned earlier, somebody jumps into the mouth of a demon and pulls out its guts through its butthole and kills it. Uh, <laughs> Berserker Unbound, Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato Jr., it's just kind of still going, and I still trust it, but <laughs> Is it getting good? Is it getting better? It's pretty good. It's pretty sure. good. Nomen Omen was great. Justin probably loved it. Uh, lots of witchy stuff. <laughs> Deceased number five has a scene with Superman and Flash that is oh my God. fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Fucking heartbreaking. And uh, yeah. it's, I don't know, man, this, this guy, Tom Taylor, he keeps on writing comics that make me, make me really sad, and uh, I, I got to give him... Full props for that. Uh, what else did I read? God, that I already seconds. beat it. Oh, I read House of X number six. Yeah, what do you think? I really <laughs> like that blonde guy that they shoved in the hole. <laughs> uh, the badger? Uh, he was the guy that spit on the floor in another issue. Yeah, the, 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 bad, yeah, the badger or whatever. I bet he farts oh, he, hard. Not down there in stasis, he doesn't. <laughs> um, I also like the maker. Do you that? I mean the Holy leader. Holy shit, that's like having a sound system. Is it the yeah, leader? That's amazing. It's not the leader. No. What that's do you a give Hulk him? Villain. What do you give him? Oh, that's a maybe Professor X. Here's something I noticed in this. There's a scene where we see Xavier, but we don't see above the bridge of his nose. And I realized that we haven't really seen, other than in flashbacks or in Moira's other lives, we haven't seen his eyes. Man, you just, Roman just closed his eyes for an extended period right behind you. Again. Even at a live show, he falls asleep <laughs> on a podcast. We got to get out of here, everybody. Uh, I would give The Punisher probably a seven and a half. I would give the series an eight. I, I would say this is up there right below the Garth Ennis Punishers for me. Mm. The Ghost Rider, I give uh, seven and a half, maybe an eight. It was, it was really good. Berserker Unbound gets a six and a half. I'm going to keep reading it because I just trust Jeff Lemire. Noman Omen gets a seven. There were some really cool uh, tricks that they did with colors space. and uh, storytelling. And, and witchy and, stuff. Justin's yeah, witchy, Justin witchy was stuff. Was there dots? I didn't notice any halftone dots, okay. but that doesn't mean there weren't any. Uh, Deceased, <laughs> I would give a nine. Just damn good book. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Art was it, a little rushed this time. It's, it's, I Still never amazing. love the art, but it's, it's just a really effective comic. House of X, I think I already gave it a score, but I don't remember what it was, so I'm going to stick with that. I want to take a second to shout out some thank yous to everybody. Everyone for writing a question down, thank you. We're going to be answering those on the regular weekly podcast, so we super appreciate you writing them down. So listen for the next 40 episodes or so. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you to everyone who has showed up here. That means a great deal to us. This, to be filled with a room of people that we all genuinely love is incredible. Uh, yeah, where'd the all... hecklers go? Exactly, right? Can you imagine just like, yeah, I'll just walk into the shake. Oh, fuck, what is going on up there? <laughs> I'm going to make fun $5, of that guy I have and to that say. guy and that guy. Um, everyone who listens to the podcast, thank you. We've gotten a, like, a ton of positive feedback over the last three years of doing this. It probably would have fallen apart at some point if we didn't have people giving us positive feedback. So thank you, even though we do just love getting a chance to all hang out together and watch Roman fall asleep. Um, a big, big <laughs> thank you to anyone who's ever written in a question on the previous episodes. Uh, Ryan Russell for helping, Ryan Russell and Tony's Coffee for helping us get the Mobius Drip coffee out. Making. That is so awesome. Made it, did all of it. We just sort of stood around and had somebody draw a picture. Um, thank you so much to the Brothers Weems for doing the opening Stardate Supplemental. Yep. Everyone subscribe to that. Um, so our podcast, Perfectly Acceptable Podcast and Stardate Supplemental. Subscribe to it, like it, give a rating. Um, what comment? else we got? You, you comment? Comment. Uh, listen to it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Subscribing and liking is cool. But I was listen, sort of saying, like, what listen. other thank yous we got? Oh, uh, Ron Warner. Ron, Ron Warner, Warner yep. and Kevin Mashuda. Yep. Uh, Ron, you did, I just sort of watched the emails go back and forth, and this wouldn't have happened without you, Ron. A super sincere thank you to you. Seriously. And the shakedown. And the shakedown for letting us do this, a live comic podcast at like a rock venue. Super cool. Um, Jonathan Hickman, I guess. Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman. Uh, yeah. That guy steals my heart. Um, what else we got? Black holes. We got black holes. Oh, <laughs> man, I wanted to start this with Justin. Time. Send us away with time. 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 is a flat circle. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. So I'm Jeff, and I super, super have to pee, but I super appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much for coming, really. <laughs> I'm Django. I peed while you guys were talking about those X-Men books. That's a nice shortcut, baby. Yeah. I'm just going to walk off the stage and out the door. I'm going to power walk. You guys got walk. these tables? Yeah. Got to go. <laughs> I, I, I'm Roman, and then, you know, I, I peed just now. <laughs> All I am is pee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>